With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, Just go to cars.com. It's magical. What's shaking, Red Nation? It is Jeremy Brenner here with another episode of The Dream Take, presented by The Dream Shake, home of all things Houston Rockets at SBNation.com. And once again, we've got another L-Pod on our hands. Final score, Hornets 122, Rockets 117. And of course, this loss just kind of stings a little bit more because it came against the Charlotte Hornets, who win their 12th game of the season tonight, it's just a, a pretty ugly basketball game, and even uglier with the fact that the Rockets ended up on the losing end. I can't talk about this one alone because, of course, after we're talking about this game, we'll talk about the John Wall interview that he had with the Pinson, and we can kind of dissect that. But I can't do the show alone. I've got to bring my co-pilot, Mike. Mike, what's up? Fire everybody. Fire everybody. But I hope not me. Please, please. No, 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 no. You're, you are a gem that after this type of game, I would give an extension to. Uh, well, thank you. I, I give you an extension as well. Um, <laughs> but you know what? Here's what I'm going to do, Mike. I know you've got a lot to say. Uh-huh. You've been hyping up this show on Twitter for us. So what I'm going to do, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna go on mute and I'm gonna let you air out the grievances to start the show. Mm. So uh three, two, one. This is rock bottom. This is what I've seen coming for months, for the last year plus. Your owner sucks, Rockets fans. Your GM sucks, Rockets fans. Your head coach sucks, Rockets fans. This island of misfit toys does not play well together. They don't like each other. It doesn't seem like on the court. I don't know about off the court. I don't care about off the court. I care about winning. That is the only thing that matters. I don't want to see tweets about Jalen Green and congrats on 41 points. I don't care about Alperen Shangun. His 39 minutes tonight, he got 16 shots. You played through him. Rockets fans, Twitter, who says, we got to go through Shangun. We got to play through Shangun. We got to, you know, make sure all of our plays go through Shangun. Well, you know what? You went through Shangun tonight and you lost by five points to the Charlotte Hornets on your own home court. Tillman Fertitta, PSA to you. If you don't fire this head coach right now, tonight, before Jeremy and I finish this podcast, you are inept at your job. I can't fire you. We can't fire you. You own the team. You have run this organization into the absolute ground. There is, when you're dead, you're six feet under. This organization is 47 and a half feet under the ground right now. The league laughs at you. Literally, Craig Ackerman and Ryan Hollins can't stand it anymore on the broadcast. Your own broadcasting team can't even stand the product that is on the court tonight. 20% of the stadium, if that is there. Good. The city is finally waking up and not giving a rat's ass about this performance and this roster and what they are putting on the court right now. You are the worst owner in the professional sports realm, it feels like right now. You and Cal McNair, both in the city of Houston. Tillman Fertitta, you suck at being the owner of the Rockets. Raphael Stone, shame on you for the organization and the, I I wouldn't say that. Your performance sucks since taking over. And Coach Silas, may the good Lord hit you where the good Lord splits you right out the door. You are done. Goodbye. See ya. We are done with you. You can't coach your way out of a paper bag. Enjoy being an assistant for the next 20 years like you were for the previous 20 years before you got here. You're not good enough at this coaching thing to be a head coach. This roster sucks. Period. Period. And uh, it is what it is, man. And that and that concludes so, this episode of the Dream Team. <laughs> yeah, right. No, that honestly that uh, it made me feel better. I'm glad I'm glad we can um make you feel better here. That that's what we're here for. Um but but let's kind of um let's talk about what let's talk about what got us to this point, at least with tonight's game. All right, Rockets okay. Rockets lose one twenty two, one seventeen. And you did mention Jalen Green, a career high forty one. Obviously not a um a moral victory. And Alperon mm. Shangun had a pretty solid night, twenty four points for him, twelve rebounds, six assists. But other than that, you know, the team did not look very good outside of that. Jabari Smith also limited to 23 minutes after spraining his ankle, did not return after uh, the third quarter. And I, I mean, that's not why the Rockets lost this game, but the Rockets lost that game. 
because of that third quarter. It seemed, I think they said they made as many shots as they turned the ball over. And that, when you have a team like Charlotte, which is an abysmal offense, when you give them easy buckets like that in transition, uh, fast break, the Rockets had 19 turnovers tonight, and the, the Hornets had 26 points off the fast break compared to the Rockets' six. That's where this game was won and lost, honestly. And that is why the Rockets fell on the losing end of this one. And I feel as if, you know, Mike, I, we could say a lot about why these turnovers took place and, and all that, but I just feel like it's it's the same old story. We, we've seen this before. We've we we know kind of how things are with this, and it's you know got to take care of the basketball. Why? Yes, you're totally right. Why is Ty Ty Washington not playing? I mean, I'm not going to say Ty Ty Washington was going to save the day. Um, no, I'm not. No, 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 no. But I'm that's not, a, I'm that's not. A good, you know, the thing is, uh, you know, Josh Christopher got those 11 minutes that you probably would see uh, Ty Ty and Dacia Nix that they got during the beginning of the season. So maybe the, at least I'm that maybe it's them trying something new. I did think maybe tonight on a night where you don't have Kevin Porter Jr., it was maybe a little bit strange that you didn't have at least someone with a little bit more of point guard responsibility, point guard tendencies out there, at least for, you know, the 11 minutes. I mean, Josh Christopher, uh, you know, shot better than he usually does tonight, four of six from the field, but I do think that the Rockets could have benefited from a guy, a point guard, like someone that could really facilitate on the floor and keep those turnovers down. You know, that that's a big thing for the Rockets over the last, you know, several years that we've, that we've really, you know, uh, you know, sh- like poured down is, is this team needs a point guard that can take care of the basketball, that can distribute the ball properly. And, and the turnovers tonight that we saw were silly turnovers. They weren't like, they weren't like, oh, like unlucky turnovers. There were some silly turnovers tonight. And, uh, you know, it was all across the board. It was just not a very pretty basketball game. No, and this is this is the shortfall of this coaching staff, Jeremy. Jay Sean Tate was a plus 14 tonight. Jay Sean Tate has, been, has made a big difference. I will say that. But, again, Jay Sean Tate is not enough to get this team from a losing team to a winning team. I don't think the Rockets have won since Jay Sean Tate has re-entered the lineup. I can't remember a game where he's played no. and the Rockets have won. He only played 24 minutes tonight, though. Like, yeah. that's, that is my indictment. My, it, it just – like, <laughs> honestly, Jeremy, I, I, I look at this and I say to myself, what is – the assistant coaching staff doing like during the game, you, you have to mm-hmm. look at in-game adjustments. And this is, I don't necessarily put this on the shoulders of Steven Silas. You and I were on the same page. The entire fan base is on the same page. He has to go. So now we need to look at things to improve this team night in and night out. Analytics is something that this team is simply not good at in-game you had one player tonight that was a positive in the positive plus minus more than plus 10 tonight. In 24 minutes on the court tonight, Jay Sean Tate was a plus 14. Garrison Matthews played 13 minutes tonight. He was a plus four. Jalen Green, give him credit too. Jalen Green had, I would call it a great night tonight. I mean, 41 points, career high, mazel to him. Uh, his defense, eh, we'll get to that later. I mean, that can be said for everybody. They're so bad. They're so bad. And that's the part about this team that, um, 
That's the part about this team that you can't really blame Steven Silas for. The roster is not built to win. And, and maybe that's why you give Steven Silas a bit of a break. But the thing is, when it comes down to like diagnosing the problem, like why are the Rockets this bad? It's not one reason. It's, it's every reason. This team is inexperienced. The, the pieces don't all fit together. They, they turn the ball over. They don't have enough veterans there to, to make things work. And, you know, it's, I've said it several times during this losing streak, Mike. Um, I know we haven't done a, too many shows together, but, you know, this is, you know, the only explanation that I have for this is that this is the plan. This is, this is part of the Rockets' plan. And, you know, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. The thing is, it doesn't seem like the they want a different result at this point. And I think when, if they fire Silas now, or if they fire Silas in a week from now, um, like, it doesn't really, like, that might show an indication that the Rockets do want to see something different. But the, it seems like, to me, you know, the Rockets' plan is to get the highest pick possible. And if that's the plan, then the Rockets are doing just fine. It, you're right. They've done that now two years in a row, and it hasn't worked out. And I'm not saying that they should not do that this year. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is that that philosophy is contagious. That philosophy of not trying to win games. And we'll get to the John Wall commentary here in a bit, I imagine, because this leads directly into that. Is... Mm-hmm. I'm not a John Wall guy. I've been on these airwaves on this show saying I'm not a John Wall guy. I think he's one of the most overrated basketball players in the last 25 years in the NBA. But what he said is something that a lot of us already knew. We know that this front office does not want to win games. We know that. But what I think is getting to people now is the development side of this team where they're okay losing games, but invest in your young Guys, you drafted Ty Ty Washington in the first round, but you're not playing him. Why? You still have Eric Gordon on the team playing 31 minutes in a losing effort to the Charlotte Hornets. Why? Those are the types of questions that need to be answered by when was the last time we heard from Raphael Stone? Yeah, I when mean, was the last what, time we heard GMs, from Fertitta? GMs. Yeah, but GMs don't, GMs and, and owners or governors don't have an obligation to speak to the media. Like, like some, some do, don't. some do, but like they don't make them available to the media. I mean, if they want to talk to the media, they will. Um, and, and maybe if, if we do see a decision on Silas in the, in the coming days or so, maybe we will hear from them and, and can kind of pick their brains to say. But again, you know, as many questions as they're asked, you know, I feel like we're just going to get, the same answer that we already know, you know, and, and the thing with this group and, and I don't want to add too much positivity to this episode. Cause I really don't feel like being super positive in this episode, but you say invest in your youth, the youth tonight, the, the youth that's at least worth investing in, in my opinion, Jalen green career high 41. Alperen Shingun 24, 12 and six. Mm-hmm. He has, you know, Alperen Shingun's taken a step further in the right direction. I know Jalen struggled a lot lately, but these, you know, the game in Sacramento, he looked really good where he had 25 in the first half. I thought he looked really nice there. And he looked really nice tonight. 
Um, I don't think we're going to see a, a shooting performance like this every night from Jalen Green, but it is it is promising to see that. At least we know those players are going to, and that gives me some semblance of hope with this group, that that the talent is there, that eventually once it is given into some other hands and once some more talent comes in, because this isn't just, like, it isn't just this group and we're rolling with it, right? We've got, you know, potentially the number one pick coming in uh, or or a a top four pick probably coming in in this, in this draft that means something, you know, like if this draft was like a weak sauce draft or whatever, maybe there would be a little bit more incentive and a little bit more urgency to win some games this year. But the thing is this draft is, is like historically could be the draft of the generation at the top of the draft this year. And so I think maybe that, that plays into the Rockets and their philosophy on things. And, and whether whether or not Steven Silas takes the fall or not, um, you know, the thing is, though, is is you're right, Mike, when you say, you know, this is an ownership problem. This is a GM problem. This is a um, this is a player's problem. This is a, um, you know, this is a coaching problem. But it, it goes in in waves. Right. The the eventually this is going to catch up to all of them if they don't fix the the turnaround right it's going to start off with with silas probably whether it's in the in the in the next couple of days in the end of the season you know silas is going to eventually have to face the music and it doesn't seem like he's going to be here beyond you know the end of the season at the absolute latest then you know maybe stone gets the boot along with him but honestly at this point we we've known at this point that stone's group will eventually be built within a couple of drafts. This is not like, it isn't these two years and this is all that he's got. He's got more to the plan and his, his job requires a few more years of building. And same with the players, the players also, they get their rookie contracts basically to, to prove themselves worthy of a second contract when the Rockets are eventually ready to start playing better basketball and contending, you know, so, so this is a several waves problem, but Steven Silas is approaching that wave really soon. We don't know if it's going to come tonight. We don't know if it's going to come in a week from now. We don't know if it's going to come at the end of the season, but that wave is coming. And he knows that. And I think that's why we saw him tonight go to Shangun a little bit earlier in the fourth quarter. And we saw him make that challenge with eight minutes to go with that Garrison Matthews call. Um, so I think we're start like Steven Silas is starting to feel the pressure a little bit and eventually it's going to catch up to him. And I think he's almost at that point where it's all finally caught up to him. I mean, I listened to his interview today on sports talk 790 with Matt Thomas and Ross Villarreal. There's no urgency. You know, like you, you listen to him talk. I mean, dude, he could put a, he can put a group of people to sleep in about six minutes. There's no energy to him. I think he's fried. I, think, I don't. I, I think a lot of this has, you know, I think losing for as long as he has, I think it's all cut yeah. up to him as well. And I, I think that, look, I, I don't think, root I think, for anybody to lose their job. I, that's not me. I'm no. not. I'm not somebody that I'm going to go to Twitter and it, look. Again, to be fair, we give analysis at the Dream Take. That's what we do. We analyze the game. And I tweeted out right before the show, get rid of Silas now. That's it. That is a criticism of where he is as a head coach of this team. That's not me. 
I'm not cheering for him to lose his job. I'm not saying that I want this to happen. I want this team to be contending. The only way the Rockets become contenders, Jeremy, in my opinion, that you can't get rid of the owner, Raphael Stone needs to go. He's a yes man. He will never build a roster to contend in the NBA. That's my conviction. I, I will, it will never happen with him. And you have to get a new coach. That's, that's how I feel. Both of those guys, I wish them the best yeah. moving forward in their endeavors, but they have got to go in order for us to move forward as an organization as a whole. I think, I think Stone's time for reckoning while is, is something that is going to come soon. But I think the fact that he's, you know, drafted Shengun, I think, I think like he's at least shown some kind of positivity with this and he drafted Jalen Green. And I think he's done enough to keep his job for now. But if this group doesn't start winning, it's going to fall on to him. And I think also the last thing I'll say before um, we move on to this John Wall stuff um, is firing Silas would be the first sign that the Rockets show that what is going on is not working. It, it's a, it's a first, it, it's the first admittance from yeah. the Rockets, at least that things are not working the way it should. Um, you know, they can say as much as they want, but actions speak louder than words and actions here would begin in. Jeremy, we the, lost I you. Think, I think that things are uh, starting. We cannot hear you. Oh, there you go. I mean, obviously, from our perspective, we don't think things are working. But, you know, the, the front office could be thinking differently. But I also do think that this losing streak in particular, the fact that the Rockets are the worst team in the league for the third straight year, even though this is the most talented team out of the three teams that have, you know, fallen to the bottom. You know, this team shouldn't have been in this position. This team should have been – uh, in in at least nope. you know the the mid twenties in the league it shouldn't be thirty again. Um, but but alas, let's move on. We've got this John Wall stuff to to dissect. So to kind of preface the conversation, uh, John Wall spoke mm. um, with Title Sports. I had I, I didn't know Title Sports before this, um, but he he spoke. It's a it's a really long interview. It's about a two hour interview. He he talks a lot about um, basically everything that's happened to him in the last couple of years. Um, and, and, you know, but all on top of that, you know, he goes pretty far back. Um, he goes back to like when he was a kid and you know, Kentucky and, and why he picked Kentucky. It was like a kind of, it was like an autobiography in a way in a two hours, in a two hours stint. But obviously the part that we want to discuss as the, as the dream take mm-hmm. podcast is his talk about, um, his two years in Houston. Obviously when he came to Houston, um, it was around. It was it was at the worst time possible because it was you know COVID and and James Harden wanted to go to Atlanta party with a little baby all that, um and, and so he was like talking about how um he was meeting James Harden for the first time as teammates and he's like, oh like John's like oh are you ready for training camp James and he's like I'm going to Atlanta <laughs> like and and it's COVID and it's like COVID like before vaccines and anything like that so it's like uh, what the hell like I, I, you yeah. can't do that so. Obviously, like at that point, you know, you knew like that was like the beginning of the end and of of the whole Rockets thing. And and I don't want to discuss that, but this is this is the part that I'll start first um, is, is his idea of tanking. Uh, so I have the quote pulled up. I'll read it here. My first year in Houston, we were tanking. We lost 20 in a row. We trying to lose on purpose. We we're starting guys named Justin Patton. And I thought that was so 
you know, poor Justin Patton, man. Like, what what did this guy do to get name dropped like this? Did you see? Yeah, did you yeah. see his Justin Twitter like, response though? Bro. Like, it's yeah, spectacular. I mean, who knows? Yeah, spectacular know response is. by Justin uh, Patton. Shout out to him. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah, right. We'd love to have him on the show if he's yeah, listening. I think he's not in the yeah. NBA anymore. He's playing in France, I see. Um, but this guy's still a hooper. He's making millions for of him. dollars, maybe not millions of dollars. He's making a lot of money playing it, playing a child's game. So no disrespect to him at all. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, I, that wasn't really cool. Oh, Jeremy, we lost you. Uh, we cannot hear you. We will continue the show until you're able to get back on. Uh, but I will. Oh, there you go, Jeremy. We lost you. Okay. There you go. Well, I, I don't know how much you caught of what I said, but um, it kind of you know goes back to earlier in the show when we were discussing that you know Wall and what he said in this interview didn't really teach us anything new. Like we like this is two years ago as well. Like like this is ancient history. I feel. Yeah, I my initial thoughts, Jeremy, on it. I I was not shocked by it. Um, one thing that I will say is. He had no problem cashing the $40 million check from the Houston Rockets, did he? Absolutely like, not. That's, I wouldn't either. I, w- I wouldn't either. So that's the, the first part of this is it's sour grapes now, but you had no problem being a part of this plan and cashing that check. And I remember very vividly, because this was a huge topic for the Dream Take, and you guys can go back and, and check all these episodes. You and I used to go back and forth a lot of – they needed to figure out at the time, I was always questioning, why is he here? Like, why is he a part of this process? And he gave some insight to it. And I think there's John Wall's side, there's the Rocket side, and then there's the truth in the middle. Like, we're never going to get the full truth from John Wall. Like, there's yeah, video, there's, there's definitely there's video that came here. out. I forgot who tweeted it, but there was video of John Wall at practice during this whole situation where John Wall said, I wasn't allowed to work out with the team. Well, here you are working out with the team. Well, maybe maybe that was after that because there was kind of sure. that, that spiral, you know. Like in the first year, he was there the sure. whole time. And then I think he got hurt. And then he didn't play for like the second half of the year in that shortened 72-game season. Um, but then then he didn't play that second year. Uh, and so this is – and he had that conversation with Steven Silas before the season. And this was before last season started. And so I'll read, I'll read the excerpt from this as well, from, from John Wall. Um, so he talks to Coach Silas. Coach Silas said, how would you feel coming off the bench? I said, for who? No offense, but for who? I was your best player last year. And then he's like, this is yep. the, the GM wants. He wants you to play 10 to 15 minutes a game. Sometimes don't play. I said, I'm not doing that. Either you're going to guarantee me some minutes or I'm not. Let, a, let him earn his spot. Coach said, you don't deserve – and then Coach Silas said, you don't deserve that. You should be a starter. This is what they want to do. Now, again, things that we, we already knew of. This wasn't brand new news, at least to people like us that have been paying attention to this you know, for two-plus years. Um, so this goes back to the whole, you know, do you play John Wall or do you not? And I think at the, you know, at the time, everyone was like, play KPJ. You know, he was, he was getting, or, or just play, like, John Wall doesn't need to be. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down, we break down who will be cutting, cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. 
Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void where prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy. Available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Here. It, it's not like he's helping the cause. And and a lot of people during the year that John Wall was playing called him the tank commander because he wasn't like John Wall. Was he the best player? Sure. But he wasn't contributing to winning. And at that point, you're like, well, if you're going to lose, you might as well lose with the young players versus losing with John Wall, who's not going to be here next year. John Wall's also not stupid. Like, listen to the interview. You can't honestly look at the team from last year and say to yourself, yes, I should be playing a mandatory amount of minutes. The Rockets, I honestly, mean, I give the Rockets a little. Well, John Wall obviously sees himself in a higher regard. And obviously, you know, as a former number one pick, former all-star, you know, like, like you know, he, he, is, he has the best credentials of any guy on that team. And, and he probably made just as much money, if you take away Eric Gordon, as the whole rest of the team combined. And on top of that, you know, I mean, with the whole John Wall thing, like he wanted to play because the the two years that he before he came to Houston, he didn't play. So like there was a, an antsiness from John Wall wanting to play, and but at the same time, he didn't want to play. He felt it was better to not play at all and not risk re-injuring himself uh, versus playing, you know, a, a role player role. And I I don't necessarily blame him. Um, because he didn't ask for the situation. He didn't ask for, and I think that the whole second half of his career has gone horribly. And I don't think that he deserves all of what he has gotten coming his way. Um, But, you know, the whole John Wall situation with the Rockets was just, it was really, really unfortunate. Like it's just the worst case scenario for all parties involved because the Rockets had no value in playing a guy like him. John Wall had no value in playing with a team like the Rockets and the Rockets had no value in buying him out for $80 million. It just didn't make any sense at all for anybody. And it was just a real shit situation for, for everyone involved. And so that's, you know, and the Rockets did what they had to do. You know, they waited out until it made sense for them to buy him out, which is what they did in the offseason. And look, but I mean, you look at the team now, and, and the one thing that about John Wall that I, the, the thing that I agree with him the most is letting a player earn his spot. And I don't, and he didn't feel that KPJ had earned his spot as the lead guard. And that part I can, I can agree with. Has KPJ really earned that spot or was it given to him? And I think it was given to him. Would you agree with that, Mike? I think it was handed to him. Yes. 
And I also think that one really interesting thing that he brought up as a relation to, to KPJ and Jalen was John Wall said that he, they get away with things with the Rockets that they would never get away with in other organizations. That is a damning statement, Jeremy. Now, is it true? Well, yeah, because I don't know. I, and I think that part alludes to the fact that, you know, playing time is earned, not given. And I think that yep. with, and, and this is how the Rockets are choosing to do their rebuild. It's a very, I, I'm going to use unique as the word because I just can't come up with a better word, but they, they're mm. unique. It, it's a unique way. Cause I think what this season has taught us, because, you know, all of this information, I think coming out at this point during the season where the Rockets are at their lowest of lows, as Mike, you would call it rock bottom, you know, it, 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 it it's adding insult to injury. Right. Mm. And so I think, I think the timing of all of this has kind of shook everyone a little bit. But in reality, if you look at the quotes, if you listen to the interview and you read everything as it is, not much, like not much has changed. And all of this was in the past. The past is the past. You know, John, the John Wall era for the Rockets is over. Like that, that doesn't really concern the Rockets for today. But how much could the Rockets use a player like John Wall right now? Well, it's that, Jeremy. And it's also, look at the last, like, the Rockets are not that far removed from being one of the more well-respected organizations in the league. You know, we're not that far removed from Harden, Chris Paul, P.J. Tucker, Eric Gordon, um, you know, Clint Capella. Like, having a well-respected yeah. coach in Mike D'Antoni having a GM like him or hate him, Daryl Morey was one of the better general managers in basketball. Um, Dwight, you know, getting Dwight Howard to agree to come here, having Harden re-sign multiple contracts here. Now it's the complete opposite. We're less than a year removed from one of your players leaving the organization or leaving a game in the middle of the game, leaving the arena. And now we've rewarded that individual with, a, with an $80 million contract. We're all in agreement. We like that contract yeah. for KPJ. But I'm just saying that those types of things, this John Wall situation, the Christian Woods situation, Silas being not good at his job, and now losing to Charlotte at home. If I was Tillman Fertitta, yeah. again, fire Steven Silas tonight. He's not going to because – I think he's getting close, Mike. I, I think that Tillman Fertitta is is starting to kind of see where things are. And because look, you know, at the beginning of the season, I'm going to use this analogy, and I feel like this is a hot take, maybe. And and I, I kind of want to see where it is out there. But I was thinking about this today. You know, when last year when mm-hmm. the Indiana Pacers traded for uh, Tyrese Halliburton, right, uh, for Sabonis, that deal. You know, I don't think that the Pacers mm-hmm. were automatically assuming that they would be in the playoffs this year. Um, or I, In fact, I think that the Pacers saw themselves, they were trading their best player for a guy in Tyrese Halliburton who, you know, in Sacramento, like, he was a good player, but he didn't do anything to prove that he was, you know, worthy of being the number one on a, on a team, at least a good team at that. Um, and, and the Pacers took a risk. And at the worst case scenario, the Pacers, they would have said, you know what? we're okay with going to the bottom of the league and, and we'll go and get a really good player in next year's draft. 
I feel like the Rockets adopted the same mindset and the Pacers that the Pacers did. There's just a few differences. One, Pacers have a much better coach, Rick Carlisle. Um, Pacers have a couple more veterans around Tyrese Halliburton. And, um, you know, Tyrese Halliburton has proven to be a point guard and a better player and someone that is a better fit for uh, the offense. Kevin Porter doesn't have the veterans around him, doesn't have the culture around him that that Carlisle has built, you know, which is funny because um, Carlisle is from the same coaching tree as Steven Silas, if I'm not mistaken. Um, But that's, you know, that's kind of irony and just whatever at this point. But, you know, the Rockets and the Pacers were in the same boat, you know, and I, and look, the Rockets have not put all their eggs in Kevin Mm -hmm. Porter Jr.'s basket. If they did, they would have given him more guarantees on that extension. They are not guaranteed that Kevin Porter is going to work. And I think what we're seeing now is that Kevin Porter just isn't that guy. And that's okay because at the top of this next draft, you could go and you could get his replacement in Scoot Henderson, or you get a game-changing player in in Wemby, or you can get another great player to match up with these guys. And and they don't have any, if I can remember correctly, they don't have any money attached to Kevin Porter beyond next season. It's next season and that's it. It's it's non guaranteed after that. No, so the Rockets not, can can well, move no on from him if they choose to do so. And based on what we've seen from him, he's a good player, but he's not worth the money that he has necessarily been given. And the thing is, he hasn't earned it. Like Kevin Porter has had to earn his paycheck, and right now he's not earning it because the Rockets are falling to the bottom of the league. Now, is that all Kevin Porter Jr.'s fault? Wouldn't say so, but I think at the end of the day, if you're good enough you're going to figure it out. And I don't think Kevin Porter is good enough. And and I'll say this, but you know what? At least they gave him a shot. And I, and I still, this whole wall versus Kevin Porter thing, I would do it the exact same way all over again. I wouldn't have changed any of that. The only thing I would have changed with this group and with this rebuild, honestly, is I maybe would have made a move on Silas a little bit earlier in the season. That's the only the only part about this rebuild that I think is is different, and maybe I would have traded Eric Gordon a little bit sooner as well. But other than well, that, I mean, other than that, mean, yeah. I don't really think there is much that the Rockets can do. Maybe add some veterans, but at the end of the day, you know, the Rockets they are trying to tank. Like like that part, what John Wall said in year one is true. In year two, it's true because they didn't play John Wall, and in year three. It's proving to be true once again. Look, I I think you're right. I think you're right with everything you just said, dude. I think the the problem is nothing is guaranteed in the NBA. It's not the NFL. You know, you're not guaranteed if you have the worst record this year that you're going to get Victor Wembanyama. You know, and I think that's the only salvation to this season is if the Rockets land Vic. The, the conversation changes. Everything changes. And now I think to speak on what you said about Kevin Porter Jr., I, I think that's a little harsh on KPJ because of the simple fact he's not a point guard. He's playing out of position. He's being asked to do things that he simply cannot do. He cannot run an NBA offense. It, that's not a problem. Everyone think that, thinks that that's a, a necessarily a huge problem. It's not. He's not a point guard. That's okay. Literally, you're paying him basically the same money you pay Eric Gordon. Get rid of Eric Gordon and send KPJ to the bench 
to be what he is born to do, which is be a bucket getter. He would destroy second string offenses or second string defenses or whatever you want to look at it, Jer. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I'm a big fan of KPJs. I think they just need to let him play his natural position. Now, the real question is, if they get rid of Silas now, who do you put at the helm? Is it Lucas or is it uh, Mahmoud? I think I don't see why Mahmoud has earned it. I think John Lucas is definitely your guy. Um, they, they respond to him as we saw in that New Orleans game. I think I think the the good th- the reason why it would be him is because at least with with John, like you know how much of a slap in the face it would be for John Lucas, who's been in the NBA for you know four decades, for a guy to be not even in the NBA for half a season to be given a head coaching job. Instead, like Mahmoud is not in line for the interim job, nor should he be in line for. Uh, the next head coaching job. The next head coach for the Rockets should come from outside of the organization. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, sure. I think I think Mahmoud I do, is a I good do. Sorry, co- I do development want- coach, or maybe if you want him to be on the next staff for a little bit of familiarity, I don't necessarily have a problem with that, but the Rockets need a fresh set of mind. And and the reason why I like Lucas as, a, as an interim is he's the absolute opposite of Silas. And he, he gives you at least something different. You're at least shaking things up a little bit to show. And look, changing the head coach is not going to solve every problem. There still is the problem of the team doesn't really fit well together. The team is inexperienced. You know, they know veterans. But, you know, at least with the Rockets, um, you've, got, you've got something there that you can build. You've got a seed at this point. And, and what I want to kind of wrap things up with tonight, you know, a lot of what we talked about, yes, it, it's the current state of affairs and it's all that. And it, and it sounds bad, but honestly, a win, even a win tonight wouldn't have changed anything that what we just said. Even if John Wall yeah. didn't say any of that, it wouldn't have changed anything that's going on right now. So at no, the end of the day, it just gives it gives a different perspective. Congratulations if you made it to the end of the episode. You've wasted your fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, thank you for listening. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, <laughs> we we do have a, uh, a I do have a quick update for you. Jalen Green uh, comments on John Wall's recent podcast podcast appearance. Per Kelly Eco, friend of the Dream Shake, by the way. Uh, I don't have a comment, mm-hmm. man. I wouldn't either. <laughs> so uh, that's a that's a Jalen Green response to exactly what we just said. So yeah, thank I mean, for listening. Look, I, I would I would also not want to have a comment if um you know I, I just went off on my career high and then you're asking me to talk about what my yeah. old teammate you know just dogged on me in front of everybody. I wouldn't have a comment. I do either. have a, a I do have a quick uh, question for you before we wrap up. Mm-hmm. I think we. That clip next Clippers Rockets game might have a little bit more juice to it. A little bit, just a little bit. If we play, if we play the Clippers the rest of the year, I'll check that. Uh, if you want to give a quick comment on something else, but uh, yeah, I think that next time that John Wall and the Rockets, well, unfortunately, that's going to come next season because they've played all four games this year. Oh, okay. Have, Sorry, Rockets I thought we have, had I thought we had one left. You know, to talk, I guess to look at the schedule up ahead. Um, you know, and, and to maybe look to. at potential outs for Silas. Um, and in my eyes, I see, I see three potential outs, um, for Silas. 
One would be, you know, tomorrow um, or, or Thursday, whatever you're listening <laughs> Tonight, to. Tonight, during this show. Or, yeah, I mean, obviously we're entering the end of the show and Steven Silas is still a head coach, um, at least as we're recording it. But, um, you know, it could be today. It could be Thursday, January 19th. And if, and if Silas is fired, we will have some kind of emergency podcast to kind of talk about it and, and see where the Rockets go from there. But I would say that is probably the first exit that the Rockets could take. The second one would be after the January 28th game against Detroit. If the Rockets are losing five straight games after tonight, and then the losing streak hits 17, and you lose to the Detroit Pistons as your final game in that, I could see that as a potential exit scenario for Steven Silas. And on top of that, the Rockets have three off days um, following that game. So, so there's another reason why that will work. The third one is the All-Star game. Um, obviously, you know, after the February 15th game, they play Oklahoma City. I imagine though the Rockets will find a way to win one game between now and the All-Star break. Just, just one. Maybe not, maybe not more than one, maybe not two, but just they, they will win at least one game before the All-Star break. One can one only hope. Can only hope. I mean, but if Green plays yeah, like I the mean, way he did tonight, Shengun plays like the way he did tonight, I think the Rockets will eventually figure it out. They'll catch a team on an off night, and they'll sneak in and have a shot. And I think I started the show off just on fire, and I'm still upset. But honestly, dude. And, and it's it, okay it, it, to be but, upset, you know. Yeah. Rockets just, have the, not won in three weeks. Ownership, ownership show has, is continuing to show that they simply don't care. And – is that a fair take? Maybe not. I don't care. That's how I feel. It, it, they show that they, they But would, would firing Silas show that they yes. care? Oh, God. Are you kidding? I don't, know if it, I don't know if it will show that they care, but I think it shows that they're not happy with the current product. That That's the only yeah, thing I don't know. that that would show me. But that's caring. Like, that's caring to me. Okay. And, well, and the thing that's is, what you want to call caring, sure. If you're listening to this show either tonight, tomorrow, again, 99.9% of the tweets at the Dream Take are me. I say that multiple times. Because I don't want it to feel like it's you and I giving these takes that come from our podcast's Twitter profile. Most of it is my feelings. And when I say things like, I don't care about stats. That's me. I don't, I, Jeremy, I don't give a shit about stats. I care about wins. And that's where I'm at at this point is you can miss me with career highs and all this. Like, that's great. I'm not saying you. I'm saying literally everybody else. I love the conversation of stats and stuff with you. But people who come to me and they're like, Mike, why, you know, why aren't you giving love to you know, this or that? Because I don't care. The team has lost 12 games in a row. I'm fed up with it. All I care about is winning games. That's the only thing that matters to me at this point. So I, need, I wanted to make sure I say that to give you, Jeremy, you know, an out if you're like, look, whatever Mike is saying right now, that ain't me. You know, so. And I think that's an adequate pay place to park the rocket ship uh but mike i think i think you've got a special uh you know we recorded the episode with xavier thibodeau thank you to zay for for coming on the show but i think we've got another uh something special cooking up pretty soon would you like to tell the listeners about it we do um we did get a notice from this individual that he won't be able to record tomorrow uh but it does look like it's going to be early next week we will have james piercy uh on the show of the dream shake uh, we're going to be talking all things Houston Rockets, getting a different perspective from a very talented uh, contributor to the Dream Shake. We will make sure to post a date and time as soon as we have it solidified. It was supposed to be tomorrow, 
Uh, but I'm working actively with James to have that confirmed as soon as possible. It does look like it will be at some point early next week. And when we find out, we'll let you know on our Twitter at the Dream Take and at Dream Shake SBN. It'll also head over to our Facebook page. Give us a like over there and head over to our website, thedreamshake.com, home of all things Houston Rockets at SBNation.com. Uh, we'll be back again Saturday. Mike's got the show. Hopefully, fingers crossed, maybe we have a win against the Minnesota Timberwolves. What's one thing you want to see, Mike, in this world? Energy. Game? Energy and defense. A commitment to the defensive end of the floor. Um, I'm assuming we're going to see a little Bruno Fernando uh, with the size that Minnesota has remains to be seen. Uh, but effort on the defensive end is something that I am desperate to see uh, in these games. So hopefully they can pull that out on Saturday evening. And as long as Steven Silas doesn't get fired, that's the next time you'll hear from us. Uh, but thank you guys so much for seeing this episode. Be sure to follow my co-pilot on Twitter, Mr. Michael Brown at Mike Brown underscore 2020. And you can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Brenner. It's J-E-R-E-M-Y-B-R-E-N-E-R. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this episode of The Dream Take. We really wouldn't be anywhere without you loyal listeners listening to us after 12 straight losses. But we really do appreciate those listening to us live on Spotify Live and those listening to us on demand. Thank you guys for listening. And until next time, go Rockets.